The phone conversation between fantasy veterans Bob Harris and Matt Waldman is a quick and dirty rundown of players, units, or teams from Sunday's games. Feel it or fuck it is our instant verdict on the fantasy value of a player situation, not the ability, effort, or character of the player. This is just how two old-timers in this industry talk when they got a lot of cover in a little time. Good morning, Matt Waldman. You've been immersed. There's been a lot going on. I don't know if you know any of it, so I'm going to throw some things at you and see what we can figure out on the fly. I feel like I'm having a sushi meal after being on a deserted island, you know? So, well, you we haven't go. been on a deserted island. You've been pounding away on the rookie scouting portfolio. How are things standing, sir? We are done, other than just edits. So I'm editing the quarterback chapter, a chapter today. Should be ready April 1st, mattwaldman.com, 2195. Year 18. Year 18. There we I, go. I felt like this was the answer because we're doing this today, and you're not doing that today. So congratulations, and I'm looking forward and, uh, to seeing my copy, as always. Uh, let's get into it uh, with a, a topical issue on the Twitter uh, this very morning. Uh, this is Monday, uh, the 27th of March. Uh, one Lamar Jackson stated his case, and basically his case is, I went out, he said he asked the Ravens for a trade on March 2nd, um, and he's ready to move on. Loves everybody, but just ain't working out. Wants to go win a championship somewhere, and he doesn't think it's going to be in Baltimore. Uh, not coincidentally or coincidentally, I don't know, maybe so. Uh, John Harbaugh happened to be talking, the NFL's owner meeting going on currently in Phoenix. He happened to be speaking as this was released, and... Uh, and pressed on it, expressed his love for Lamar, and uh, that once things get worked out, he is sure Lamar will be on the train full speed ahead, all these things. Oh, I guess for, for me, you know, two things. I don't think he'll get his wish. I do not feel this at all. Um, but I guess I'm wondering how this plays out in your mind. Are you feeling a Lamar Jackson as a on-the-train, full speed ahead Baltimore Raven uh, when week one rolls around? I am. I'm feeling that. I just think that probably what happened here is that um, when he requ requested the trade, again, this is probably part and parcel of him negotiating his own contracts. So some things that maybe other that agents won't let slip, maybe they, you know, are things that he is letting slip to the media. Maybe it's some things that are we're going to be disseminated to the media that he didn't want disseminated decided he would beat them to the punch with it um and so it could very well be one of those things where the 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 ravens decide they were going to let that slip and when when he got wind of that he decided to beat him to the punch so that he could mitigate it some but i think that you know negotiations are this way they're entertainment for the masses right now um what really is going to happen down the line is that if i don't think a team will at this stage if they don't have him in camp by May, um, then really the only way he gets traded is if things break down so severely and another team has an injury to their quarterback, to their starting quarterback that they feel like that they can, or they get a rookie that is so bad and so far behind that they feel like they can work out some one-year type of situation with him. So I, I don't see any of that happening. I think that he's a, he's a Raven. This is just another stage of the negotiation. Yeah, I've said this all along, and I say this often, and I, I will, it's a good reminder. And by the way, if you've you know been in a coma or just getting caught up to speed, uh, they gave him the non-exclusive tag, the Ravens, 
Lamar Jackson, other teams can make offers. They'll owe the Ravens a couple first round picks and, uh, and then have to pay Lamar. And this seems like a, the Ravens way of crowdsourcing their negotiations, which they obviously have not been able to get done in over a year. So uh, kind of a shrewd move on their part. And maybe this is a shrewd move on his part, but again, the most, the, the parts of negotiations we hear are always going to be the most contentious parts because that's my design. That's how it works. Also, yeah. Austin Eckler has requested and been granted permission to seek a trade. He's not going to be traded either. So, uh, so there's a lot of this. And, and like, you know, I can see why the Chargers, like, you know, this, hey, let's see what the value is. That makes perfect sense. But also knowing that they're not going to trade him, why not give him, grant him that wish because they aren't going to pay him the money he wants. I think it's a fair point. Oh, I'll just throw in a, and off the cuff, Kyle Brandt on NFL uh, Good Morning Football a couple weeks ago basically said, Austin Eckler, if he was a wide receiver, somebody would be paying him $19 million. Real it or fuck it? Fuck it. Just on the premise that Kyle Brandt um, <laughs> went off on Russell Wilson because Russell Wilson um, respected his wife on the red carpet and wouldn't let and told her told him no when he wanted an interview with her and then decided that that was the reason why he was going to go off on Russell Wilson early in the season is that he felt like a a jilted media member who was more special than he really is and is probably a little jealous of her because it didn't work on out on days of our lives so yeah fuck Kyle Brandt I think the point is valid, though. If you're a wide receiver catching that many balls every year, you're going to get paid. Running backs aren't getting paid. Well, uh, speaking of running backs getting paid and not getting paid, we'll jump into some things we missed. We sat out last week, Matt. Uh, Miles Sanders uh, joins the Carolina Panthers. Uh, what is his value there as a Panther? Well, I think he's the best running back on the roster at this stage. So unless they draft another back, I think that he's the main guy. They'll use Chuba Hubbard as a as really the a change of pace somebody that they can give give the ball to while sanders has a breather and you know they'll probably have another back drafted at this stage or raheem blackshear will be maybe a, a three you know be like the five minute back or be used occasionally on passing downs because he's a good receiver but this is sanders job to you know really be a probably a you know 14 to 16 touch um touch player maybe 17 to 20 if things work out well. Um, but, you know, talented back in a lot of ways. He's not going to have nearly the level of line that he did. So overall, for from a touch perspective, I like it. From a production perspective, I think it's a, a significant downgrade. And there could be a, a bigger trap door for Sanders at, uh, with Carolina being the team that he's running behind. Yeah, I feel more confident in the workload here, feeling that uh, and hoping the production comes. I remember a few years back when he was a rookie, when everyone was hurt in Philadelphia and he was making all the plays. I mean, catching the ball, breaking off long runs, doing a lot of dynamic playmaking, and we haven't seen a lot of that. And for some reason, the Eagles didn't seem to be all on board with him. Maybe the Panthers will be more so. Sticking in Carolina for just a brief moment, Adam Thielen, DJ Chark, both signed by the Panthers. Uh, are we feeling the Terrace Marshall ever getting a chance to be the man Matt Waldman expected him to be. Yeah, I think that there's still a chance. I'd say, obviously, it's declining from the standpoint that for this year, you know, it, it may not look all that great. But let's look at it this way. Um, Thielen, Thielen is near the end of his, his career. So does he have another one or two years left? Maybe. Chark, certainly at, at his peak. He should be at his peak, should be the guy. Um, Terrace Marshall now finally gets two guys that I think he could learn from. 
Thielen's in that stage where he'll be teaching. Chark has seen enough that I think that you know that'll be worthwhile too. And they can they're both good enough receivers and good well-rounded receivers that they can match Marshall up in situations that maybe they couldn't before. I like DJ Moore and I think he's a terrific player. Um, but he was kind of still. I think it was probably a little bit more about is DJ Moore getting his? Is it was a little DJ Moore is a little more about DJ Moore and why I'm the best, one of the better receivers in the league, but I'm not in a great situation with a great quarterback. I think you know this will be two veterans with a young, with a rookie quarterback probably, or a young one in Matt Corral, and they will. Uh, you know that that'll be helpful to kind of stabilize some things, and Marshall can get some nice matchups where you know it was just DJ Moore before because you know Robbie Anderson, the rest of the the receivers in that group, they there wasn't enough there to create good matchups for Marshall to really kind of to to be exploited on the level that he can be now, and then maybe he can continue to grow into it. I'd say so. The so the short answer could have been. Um, you know, listen, it's, it's probably de- the chances are declining in a lot of respects, but this year is, a, will be a good indicator of how far it's going to go off that cliff. Right. We'll see. I, I mean, I think people are still going to be drafting Thiel and Shark. No, he's drafting Marshall. I uh, would like to see him rise though. The dynasty shares. I'm like the guy who never lets go of a dynasty share of any wide receiver. Right. I mean, uh, there's guys that have been retired for 10 years, uh, still, uh, sitting on my roster. Josh Gordon. Yes, Josh Gordon. No, not Josh Gordon. I'm, I did give up on him. Um, <laughs> but Darius Marshall is still firmly locked in place. Um, Deontay Foreman will kind of spin off to Carolina and into Chicago where DJ Moore wound up. Deontay Foreman also wound up there. What's his value as a Chicago Bear uh, working alongside Khalil Herbert? Well, I think a lot of people probably look at this and say, well, he's replacing David Montgomery. Um, because they're similar sized backs and Foreman's a little bit bigger and maybe they think the bigger back is the guy to guy to own in the Bears backfield. But I think it's more reversed. I think Dante Foreman is a is a solid back, um, but I think he's more the change of pace. Khalil Herbert is most likely to be the lead back in this offense. Um, I would count on it that way. I don't know if ADP is going to agree with me, but I think it will eventually catch up because um, Herbert is a is a big play threat. He's shown that he's been able to carry the load well. He's a good inside-outside player, catches the ball well. Foreman catches the ball reasonably well. He's good inside. He's not great on the outside. Um, you, you know, I don't think he has fully backed the the level of um, athletic ability that he once had before his Achilles tear, where he could have been, you know, um, a lead back in the NFL. He can play lead if you need him to be, but I don't think he's as dynamic. And I think Herbert is more of a kind of, a, as I've always said, a Dalvin Cook starter kit. And I think he's, you know, they, they put the parts together with him enough that, that I think he can be the man. All right, let's continue connecting these dots. David Montgomery moves on to Detroit. Feeling David Montgomery running behind that offensive line uh, in Detroit, which is pretty damn good, right? And uh, and crushing DeAndre Swift's value further. I'm totally feeling David Montgomery as being a factor where it, it remains a Jamal Williams, DeAndre Swift kind of dynamic with Montgomery in the Williams role. Because while a lot of people will feel like, well, oh, Montgomery's not as good as they 
they made him out to be pre-draft where they had the whole Frankenstein comparison of him with like every possibly terrific back in every facet of what he was. His style may not be unbelievably explosive, but he has good vision. He has good yard yardage after contact. He keeps plays alive. Um, and I think he's a, he'll be in a good situation in a complimentary role where he could be the red zone guy, um, and be the early down guy. And he's, you know, he, all his skills, maybe not as, maybe not as good of a pass protector as Jamal Williams, maybe not as good of a receiver, but not so far away that he won't, um, that he's going to fail in the role that he's has. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. So let's continue spitting the wheel of it's fun. Jamal Williams then moves on uh, to the New Orleans Saints where he will work either in tandem with Alvin Kamara or as maybe the lead back for some period of time with Alvin Kamara facing legal issues, possible league suspensions. I think that seems to be the the feeling for people. But But either way, the Saints have used these multiple backs. Jamal Williams probably still going off as a running back four. Are you liking that value? Feeling it? Oh, I'm totally feeling that for the exact reasons that you mentioned. I mean, think of Mark Ingram in the offense at his peak, and I think Jamal Williams is kind of, you know, maybe slightly below Mark Ingram at Ingram's peak skills. And, you know, yeah, when when uh, Kamara gets his suspension for whatever period of time, Williams is going to do just fine there. And Williams will be a fine compliment for Kamara when he's on, you know, they like to use these backs in tandem. Unless the offensive minds in New Orleans completely change the game plan in a way that, that just completely goofs what they have with personnel, the way you described it is I'm totally feeling. Yeah, I think that seems perfectly reasonable. Brandon Cooks, a wide receiver, what? I want to say a top 15 wide receiver from 2015 through uh, close to up to 2020, I believe. Uh, has not been that in Houston the last couple of years. He goes to the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, Matt, I think this is good news for Jack Prescott. This is not bad news for CeeDee Lamb. What What are we feeling? Feeling Brandon Cooks as a viable fantasy starter now that he's a Cowboy. Yeah, he's back to he's back to what everybody said was he's basically the automatic high-end wide receiver too that, that you could essentially get after all year. Like, I think he's going to be elite this year wide receiver ones that you draft he's he's one of the safer picks i think now or yeah, again I agree, with, I agree with that and sorry michael gallup uh those sh- and those shares of those of you dad drafting in early best balls including me who might be out of michael gallup probably not good news there we'll continue connecting all these dots up in dallas one shows up one leaves and he leaves for houston dalton schultz a fantasy starter now that he's a texan can we trust a texan tight end not knowing the quarterback um, I think we can, and I think that it's because with this offense, they're probably going to need to check the ball down a lot, you know, this year, um, early on. So Schultz is going to be a reliable piece in that puzzle. He's a, he's a good blocker. He's a good short area receiver. So I think the volume's going to be there for him. I don't know if I would put him in your top five to seven, but I think in your seven to 12 range, he's probably a low end tight end one. In, out of this group and I would feel comfortable with that and as a result of that I would say Jake Ferguson is a guy for the Dallas Cowboys that you should really be keeping an eye on <clears throat> the second year um, tight end out of Wisconsin who is a little bit more mobile after the catch than Schultz um, very good route runner good all around blocker um, they're not going to miss Dalton Schultz very much if they get Jake Ferguson on the field and let him do what he does 
I think I sent some Peyton Hendershot slander there, but I'm not going to, I'm going to let it go. I'm going to let it go. I'm feeling it, but letting it go. Uh, Damian Pierce's value uh, with Devin Singletary joining that backfield in Houston, feeling it or I'm, you know, I'm feeling it because I always thought Pierce was kind of a, kind of that guy that if you need him to be your lead running back, he can be, but most likely he's going to be in a committee for most of his career. I think he's going to be the lead guy in this committee. Um, Singletary is what he is, which is a, a try hard, great vision, good contact balance guy who's short, slow, and not very quick. Um, so I, I think Pierce remains the lead guy. Singletary just gives them depth and someone who can spell Pierce every once in a while. Uh, in the early best balls, I've been drafting in it, and I've been drafting it a lot of them, people. Forgive me, I am a lunatic. Afflicted. Uh, I'm afflicted. I'm, yes, well into the double digits in the drafts so far. Uh, James Cook is a guy that's been going as a running back three. Now Damian Harris, the former Patriot, joins him in Buffalo's backfield. We heard Brandon Bean talk about their desire to have a heavier back, a more heavy-duty back. Uh, they have that now, and Harris, uh, James Cook's value with Harris on board, Peeler Bucket. I think I still feel it as a, you know, as a guy who can be, you know, running back two, running back three. You can, I think this is the type of team that can have a tandem of two pass catchers who who do well. And you also have to understand that they're going to use James Cook a lot out of the slot. They might use Cook enough that, that he and um, Harris will be on the field at the same time. I imagine that, that you'll see a fair bit of that. Um, but I would look at this as kind of a lesser version of Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, in terms of how we view it with Cook Moore in that Hunt role, but not running the ball as much as Hunt did. So um, if you thought James Cook was going to be a future running back one, then you're saying, fuck this with Damian Harris. But if you're thinking of it as like what, what it always was going to be, which is Cook is going to be probably have higher PPR value as a solid running back two, I would feel okay. I, I'm feeling that still. Correct take by Matt Waldman. He is one for no. He has, I'm I'm one for I'm one for thirty right now. I think that's where we're at. <laughs> the you Bills know. have expressed their desire to limit the hits on Josh Allen. This is a great notion in March. Is it a reality in September? Feel it or fuck it. Fuck it. Just from the standpoint that probably because the way Josh Allen plays, he's always going to take a fair share of hits because he likes to extend plays in the pocket. And he's going to try and buy as much time as he possibly can to make those plays. So it's the desire's there. Um, it may happen. I, I'm not too worried about it at this stage um, in terms of where Allen's at. Um, but it, it look, it's it's just one of those things. I mean, they said that about Ben Roethlisberger too. And Allen's gonna Allen's career is going to go the way of Ben Roethlisberger's at some point. And yes. you enjoy it while it lasts. Get, get it what you can yeah. while you can. That's yeah. how the NFL works. It's, it's an exploitative yeah. industry. There is a uh, report out there suggesting that the Bills headline the group of teams that have an interest in one DeAndre Hopkins. Jonathan Gannon speaking at the owners meeting this weekend said uh, he's planning on Hopkins being a cargo until he's not. We'll see when that happens because I think it's going to be not. Um, and uh, he was pretty damn good in the narrow band last year. I, you know, I think if we uh, extrapolate the numbers out, it was it would have been a, a wide receiver one season. Uh, so Hopkins' impact on the Bills, Stephon Diggs, 
and the pieces around him or any other teams he lands with? Can he be the guy that we remember him as or are those days over? No, those days aren't over. He can still be that guy. He was never fast. He was always a great route runner. He was always terrific in tight coverage. And I think that you saw still some of that last year, even in an offense that, that you know, people have been making fun of ever since Cliff Kingsbury was announced that he was going to arrive in Arizona. Um, so I, I think Hopkins is a type. He's the anti-Gabe Davis in the sense that, you know, he may not be a great athlete, but you never have to worry about him catching the football. Um, and so I think that with a guy like Allen, who doesn't mind squeezing the ball into tight spaces, DeAndre Hopkins could be just as good. And I think that as long as he goes somewhere with a competent offensive coordinator and competent quarterback, he'll be fine. Yes, Danny dropping dime, dropping dimes on him would be ideal. Just to said that to irritate you because you know I can't let Danny go. go. Hey, that'll work. That would still work. I would. I would say that. That's. Hey, I get it. I totally get it. I get it too. Probably not Baltimore though, because they don't have a quarterback. Last I heard, according to Lamar Jackson, their quarterback wants to move on. Right. Uh, Garrett Wilson is uh, Matt. You know, all the Aaron Rodgers talk. Still no trade consummated between the two sides. Robert Sala addressed that this weekend also, just saying, hey, we're going to take two to tango and all these things. So Packers dragging their heels, trying to get all they can. At some point, Aaron Rodgers is or isn't going to be the quarterback of the New York Jets. Either way, Garrett Wilson, as a wide receiver 10 in Fantasy Pro's current expert consensus rankings, from a fantasy perspective, feel it or fuck it. Yeah, I'm feeling it right now. I mean, it's a it's, it's easy to make this type of a, a call right now. I mean, nobody... Because, you know, in the industry, I think you'll probably have people say, well, no one really cares right now. No one's really watching at this level. So if you want to plant your flag right now, go ahead and plant your flag right now. Um, in August, it'll be a different story. But I think by I think by the second day of the NFL draft, Aaron Rodgers will probably be officially be a Jet. Um, probably earlier than that. Um, probably just the day before or the day of the draft, he will probably be a Jet on first day, and then Garrett Wilson's stock will climb pretty high. How much higher can it climb? You know, is ten not like? Are we not at the ceiling? No, we're not at the ceiling. If 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 it all works out really well, we're not at the ceiling. But I would say this: that ceiling to me is is really next year. Like this year, I think ten is pretty freaking high. Um, but uh, I don't think he'll be top five. But maybe next year he could be. I will see about that. Uh, I'm not feeling him as top five. I, I but I am. I, I mean, I think you know. I think this quarterback change has been baked into the cake of these rankings. It seems like to me, like For sure. nobody's expecting the that guy to be there. Uh, let's see, uh, Garrett Wilson. Let's go with these. Let's go. Let's get some rookie stuff in uh, before we uh, call it a day here. C.J. Stroud as the first pick overall. Feel it or fuck it. I'm feeling it. I think he's a. I think he's the safest quarterback of the top three in this class. Um, he's he's very good at reading the field. I think he can make every throw that you'd like to see him make from the pocket. He's one of the better pocket players in this class. Um, there's not anything as a major weakness with him from the standpoint of throwing the football. He does have some decision-making issues that um, that you know every rookie has some. For him, it's reading leverage with players over the top of him that he's a little too confident about. You know, we can we can go into all those details, but you'll find those in the rookie scouting portfolio. Overall, he's I, I would feel as comfortable with him 
as any quarterback in this class. If someone picked him and said he's he's my number one, um, I would not argue anybody on that point. All right, then Bryce Young, same exercise. Bryce Young is the first pick overall. I'm, I'm, I can feel it, but you might have to buy me a drink first. Only be, you know, not two, not three, not five, just one. And it's not because I'm a lightweight. It's just, it's just you might need, you might need to convince me a little bit and get me relaxed a little bit to the idea. Only because, you know, Young is a terrific scrambler. I think he he throws well from the pocket. He doesn't have a great arm. But if, you know, he's a little bit more on that Russell Wilson end of the spectrum of what you want to do with him. Um, I think he's got a little bit more to learn in terms of managing the game. Um, people love to play on his improvisational um, skills, and he certainly has a lot of those. But he also is um, a guy that tries to be a hero too much and backed up you know, in his own area of the field or in the red zone. Um, and there are some things with him that, I, you know, I just wonder with the arm you know, the offense is going to have to be tooled to him in a manner that I think it will happen. He's not my favorite, um, but I, I could see how he could wind up having the best career. So I'm not going to, wouldn't lose my mind over it, but yeah, you might need to buy me a beer before we... And one last one here, because uh, yeah, the, the it's mock draft season, Matt. You may have missed out on some of this while you're okay. working scouting portfolioing. Um, but Daniel Jeremiah, all the kids at NFL Network, everyone's out there putting their mock drafts out. Uh, some of these mocks, most of the, I saw a couple of just this week that have Anthony Richardson mocked in the top four. Uh, into the Colts in both cases, I think Chad Ryder did one where he had the Colts jumping up ahead of Arizona to make sure no one jumps ahead of them. But basically the Colts, uh, you know, seem to be the destination for Anthony Richardson. But I'll just put it like this. Is, is, he, a, is he a top four pick? Yeah, and and you could have asked the same question for me that you did with Stroud and Young, and I would say I'm feeling it. Um, he to me, he is the best quarterback prospect in this draft class, um, and he may not be the safest. He may not be the most refined um, in terms of like experience and certain types of skill sets that you're looking for. But like we talked about, even like a week or two ago, the things that he can do that are advanced for advanced NFL quarterbacking are things that are very hard to teach. And he shows that he's a quick learner from what I'm, from what I understand, um, you know, and he's an ungodly athlete. And I, and I think that while I think the Colts fans are going to, there's going to be a large contingent of Colts fans who are going to hate the pick because, you know, listen, it's just, there, it's going to be their mentality. It's going to be how they see quarterbacks, what they expect from them. They're very much more thinking Andrew Luck. Like for them, they're Andrew Luck. There's a reason why Andrew Luck, Philip Rivers, and Matt Ryan were, were were probably guys that had appeal to the Colts brass to be front-facing to their fan base um, and why some of that fan base is going to revolt to seeing Andrew, Anthony Richardson at first. But I think they're going to wind up loving him down the line. He's if they get him, they're gonna they're gonna wish that uh, they're they're gonna be so thrilled by it, and they're gonna probably act like that they never had a problem with him. They gotta be tired of a bunch of uh, older dudes that can't get a job done, can't <laughs> not move, getting a job done, right? Can't, I mean, can't, you know, 
can't improvise like him, but also he can still play in the pocket like those other old dudes and will get better at that. And he's already good at it. So, right. yeah. I'm and yes, totally I am the it. old dude calling Carson what's an old dude. So, good for me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Matt, Matt Ryan and... Uh, I think you're probably younger in mind than Matt, than, uh, than than Carson Wentz is, but, you know. Entirely possible. All right, man, that's it. Uh, let's get out of here, get some work done, go finish that rookie scouting portfolio. People out there, go order your rookie scouting portfolio. April 1st, delivery coming. I can't wait. Uh, I'm feeling it totally. Thank you, Pat. Love you. Goodbye. Hey, love you. Bye.